This week on the Push Will Lose podcast, we talk bakery, the Exos Phase 1 mentorship, and social media algorithms. Three, two, one. Yeah, mine are bad too, mate. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And me, Tom. Oh, what's going on? I have just finished a Biscoff ice cream, so I am extremely content. Extremely content, actually, because yeah. it's still one of the best ice creams you can buy. <laughs> like, without doubt. And even Laura said to me when I went out today... Even shopping, Laura? Well, yeah, this, well, Laura's not really a foodie, right? But okay. You don't get food said, in Liverpool, so... No, you don't. You just get, get what you're given. Um, <laughs> When I was going to waitress to get a few little bits, and uh, she said, "Oh, don't you know? I really like those ice creams. Like you've you've ruined all the other ice creams. I can't eat any. You know, they're the best ice creams. Like I can't really. You know, can you get some? I can't really eat any more other ones." And I was like, "Ah, oh, interesting. So, you know, that's some anecdotal proof that they are good. <laughs> wow. you need some. What a heavy anecdote, Dan. Jesus. You know it, mate. You, so yeah, you saved it for the the, the top of the show as well. So it was yeah, tough. you need to get yourself a Lotus Biscoff ice cream stick." 100%. <laughs> just, just that, mate. that. Yeah. At the moment, I have not. This is un ice cream related, but I have a bit of an obsession with poke bowls. Poke aren't, is aren't the way to go. Poke bowls just rice and meat in a bowl. Yeah. It's just like sushi. <laughs> Isn't it sushi rice? Sushi, it's like sushi, yeah, but sushi in a bowl. rice, and then you can have like some sushi on top. Like it's like a chirashi. Well, it sounds good because it's got sushi in it. So. It's so good, mate. Like we haven't been sushi in a while. Do that. Mate, we haven't seen each other for a while. Like, <laughs> you say that like we have. There's lots of things we haven't done in a while. <laughs> haven't cuddled. Goddamn, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, right? Um, you still come pick up your trainers. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm just yeah. just buying more. Just buying more trainers. Just, oh, just, ridiculous! Just it's awful. But um, yes, yeah, sushi is the one. I, I do miss sushi, but it's just so goddamn expensive. I suppose poke bowls are a bit cheaper because they just throw it in a bowl, just right? Throw Rather it in a bowl. Bake. Like, yeah, you have to make it. It's probably about ten quid, and it fills you up. Mm. So that's all right. Just, just a ten quid lunch, Tom. Just How a ten quid. You lunch. make it, mate. Uh, just, 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 you know what I mean. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten for lunch. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Brilliant. On that, mate. Um, so, I just wanted to go through because over the over the week, over the week, yeah. What day wow, is it? It's, it's Monday. Monday. Today. Monday. Well, all right. I haven't stopped working, so. Oh, good on you. Well done. Makes a change, doesn't it? Makes a change. No weekends off. No days off. Yeah. Grinding, as they say in the industry. They you do. grind, don't you? Be grinding. You be grinding. Um, yeah, I was on that that course, right? But we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But there was um, there was obviously people from out of towners. Out of towners, a bit weird. Um, very strange. From Belgium, Germany, everything for this little mentorship thing. But they showed. I think they're called out of countries. Out of countries, they're internationals. So pretty yeah. crazy. Um, but. I had an argument with one of the other trainers about um, argument, disagreement. You co- get into lots of arguments. Oh, with oh correct. But, but this was this is partic- a particular passion of mine, right? It's bakery, baked goods. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're arguing about something important. All right, like, yeah. The actual training you're getting. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Yeah, I did say it when we were introducing when we were introducing ourselves, like the the bull crap that you have to go, go around, like, "Hi, my name's Tom." Blah blah blah. And I, I said, "Put your next podcast with Dan Meek." So lucky. I, I literally, I said that. I, 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 every time I introduce myself, I always say the podcast and who I do it with, um, just in case. And um, it's in case there's a listener out there. Um, yeah. Who knows? Um, one of the three. One of the three <laughs> out. There. And then I've lost my train of thought now. 
Oh, I did say I have strong opinions on cereal as one of my things. Which yeah. Didn't didn't get the didn't get the laugh I thought. There was a little bit of awkwardness in the room. I could feel. So it was like, oh, really? You know, they're not your type of people. I, know, I was like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. But fine. you were on. You were talking about buns and baked goods. About baked goods. Bun. Yeah. So it was an argument about the uh, cinnamon bun. And I know you've tried both of these, okay? So you've got Nordic Bakery and Ollie and Steen, right? Ollie and Steen's probably the bigger brand now, and the Nordic Bakery. But you have the dense, hot, warm, whatever you want, cinnamon bun from the Nordic Bakery. And you mm. have the kind of slightly lighter, but thing, the, the cinnamon, so, cinnamon social slice from Ollie and Steen. Which one do you prefer? Ollie and Steen, mate. You go only in steam. So this is yeah. the argument. I was like, I it's, prefer it's a the bit density. Sweeter. It's a bit sweeter. Like, I'm always going to give sweet. Like, I, I did, don't get me wrong, the cinnamon bun from Nordic Bakery is very good. But I do feel that based on the geographical location of the gym we were in. Yeah, this is, this is what I was, it was also like factoring the in. One I was like, available. also, Nordic Bakery probably brings back nice feel. Like, obviously, we it's would that. normally go there, right? And go yeah. have a coffee there, fuck off, out of the gym. Yeah. Probably, if me and Dan are not training, I'm using but, air quotes. But also, I think if, if Oldenstein was there at the same time, I wouldn't have always gone to Nordic Bakery. It was just because there was nothing else. Uh, like, unless you want to get a prep for a croissant, there was nothing else yeah. around. Right. So it was like, when we were there, like, Oli and Steen wasn't a thing, really. No. It wasn't that big in, in London. So having been back, I, I have to say that if I had it the option to have a cinnamon bun every single day with you, Tom, I would choose the Ollie and Steen over Nordic Bakery in the majority. I mean, of which is, is available. I do have a slot for a cinnamon bun every single day. In Always my diary. Oh, we yeah. used to. We used to. <laughs> that was pre-workout, wasn't it? I wrote that yeah. on, uh, I think, the first space website. I had it still on there. Was uh, Tom's pre-workout was uh, flat white cinnamon bun. Perfect, mate. All the carbs... But I had a I had a cinnamon bun from Gloucester Services. So anyone who travels up and down the M5 a lot will know about Gloucester Services, the best service station in the world. I don't want to say the world. I want to say UK because I haven't been to all of them in the world, so I can't really say that. Yeah, so um, better than like what's good? What's the one? Oh, so Gloucester Services is its own like independent farm shop. That's cool. And it's like you go in and it's just like a massive, massive building, really done really nicely. But they've got like a restaurant bit at the back with all like amazingly cooked food not like full of fast food places and it's got its own little farm shop and it does its own like homemade like pies pasties deep filled sandwiches like bakery like top like unbelievable like it's 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 always full every time i go up and down the motorway it's always full like even if you go at weird times like i was driving back sunday night about eight o'clock at night you'd think oh service would be pretty dead not gloucester full mate full of people having their dinner <laughs> visited to have dinner there yeah. but um I had a cinnamon bun from there, and I was disappointed. I think, I think the cinnamon bun has to be one of the hardest things to perfect, because not many people can do it. No. Because no, what no. a lot of people do is they just, sh- they just shove loads of icing sugar on it and hope for the best, and it's like, well, okay, if you make it really sweet, then people are going to like it, but that's not the trick. The trick is to get the right amount of cinnamon with the sweetness in there. And this one was just like a pastry that had like someone sneezed some sn- cinnamon on top, it wasn't really like in it. It wasn't. I was really impressed. It was like a Danish pastry, just with a bit of spring, sprinkled cinnamon on. That's not cool. I was like, you can't call that a cinnamon bun. I'm sorry. Um, check what we're passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, was it the be- one of the best weeks? Was always cinnamon bun week, right? Not well, a yeah. cinnamon bun because you had the um, variations. Why did they have the variations? Right. So once a year for the week, they would have a different cinnamon bun variation on Monday through Sunday or Saturday, whatever it was. Yeah. Right. 
for one week incredible. of the year, and some of them were better than normal ones. <laughs> Why are you not doing this all the time? Like, like the jam ones, they like put some jam into oh, it. Oh, they did white chocolate. chocolate. All with cinnamon, but it was like white chocolate bun or blackberry jam and cinnamon bun. Just like, Ruby ones, well, like oh, they were just so good. Oh, like Used to bring them out just one day a year, each one. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you then, doing? Then, then there'd be like the Saturday or the Sunday where they'd just have all of the ones you had from the week. You're like, all right, fill my boots, better just get it now. Yeah. Um, no wonder they went bust. Have they gone bust? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, they definitely they closed that one down, didn't they? I think they closed a couple down. weren't doing great. Good job. We should be their managers. You, you could, know what? They probably got. They probably started doing worse when I left. I hundred percent. When they stopped making the normal like porridge, because I remember used to do my stories with putting the jam on the porridge, uh, and yeah. that was rye porridge, and it used it was made to order, and then they went all, I don't know, gimpy and started making oatmeal, and it was awful, and I just stopped going back. I was like, I used to love going and sitting and doing my admin. No. It just annoys me when companies do that. They're onto a winner and they just change it for no reason other than probably like, just I w- a cost. I would have, yeah, yeah, I would have paid like a fifty p more just to yeah. keep. Like just to have the rye one because it was just like it was so much better. But interesting. What's the best bakery then? Have you got a top one, two, three bakery baked good? Well, we're really lucky that in Bath we have got um, what's it called? Wow, that's really um, bad. Burtonet Bakery. What? So Richard Richard Burtonet is a famous um, chef, I believe. I think he just does. I think he, his specialism is pastries and breads and stuff. Okay. And his bakery's mm. in Bath, so all the fresh pastries and stuff are uh, all around here um, in the Burtonet Bakery it's called and they are incredible so I mean no, no one else is going to experience that though you see but they, no. their almond croissant is incredible oh, I'm uh, not a fan of it tastes more almond croissants are bad they're like marzipan aren't they no this one's good though most of them aren't great I would never get one anywhere else yeah. put it that way I've never, I've never enjoyed one anywhere else um, but you know what for their for their pastries Pret isn't that bad for like the big established Pret chocolate croissants are good yeah, the jam ones are done recently good, but um, the other one that we, uh, me and Mike were out the other day, we went to Starbucks and Mike got a sandwich and he was just dreadfully unimpressed with his sandwich to the point where he was actually irate. Oh, really? But the only reason was because he went to Cafe Nero and he couldn't believe the quality of the food or what looked like quality of the food there. So I think Cafe Nero, it looks good, like the choices look good. It's interesting, the Starbucks, I recently, uh, I got a filter coffee from Starbucks, again, I was going up the M1. And then um, it tasted, because it was hot, and then it tasted absolutely foul. Mm. So bad. Next services, I went straight into Costa and got a like, different coffee. Yeah, the filter coffee's too strong it's, at Starbucks. Yeah, it just it's just, like, so it, I was like, why, why has nobody decided to taste this before fucking serving it? Well, we did a, uh, we did a little, we did a little uh, taste test to see if we could tell the difference between Starbucks, Costa, and Cafe Nero for YouTube. So that'll be out soon. Um, <laughs> that's why we were doing it. But um, seeing, if <laughs> seeing if we could tell the difference but between them. Hundred percent, I could tell the difference. Definitely. It's yeah, I, I thought I could hundred percent as well, and then it was close, and then luckily I got it right. But there were two that tasted similar, and one that was that was obvious. I'm not going to tell you, well, you now, so you have to watch the YouTube video. Oh, well, great! I would have done that one easy. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Best bake good though. I'm gonna go cinnamon bun. Ooh, have you? Can you tell that I've watched the Great British Bake Off for the last couple of days? Um, and I don't know, like chocolate class, some sort of like chocolate bun. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I think I think the cinnamon bun has to be up there. I'm gonna but... go Claire <laughs> cookie cinnamon bun. Give me yeah, a good choices. Um, cookie, not biscuit. Yeah, they've got to be lot like soft like in the middle. Soft. Yeah, yeah, soft, yeah. Right. Chewing it. Any Americans, um, cookie, not biscuit. 
Yeah, you see, now I'm just gonna I'm gonna be controversial though, and I'm gonna go for all round versatility. A bagel, mate. Ooh, I just think bagels are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love a bagel. Like the other day, I, what's one thing I've started doing is eating bagels without even toasting them, and they're still good. Just plain. They're still good. I can do that. I've eaten three bagels in the last two days, so I can't really say yeah. that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like with sesame seeds as well. And they're, oh, they're just good and like just. I don't know. I think when you get a real yeah, good bagel, man. I've been on I've, the last two two batches have been sesame seed ones. Good choice, mate. But apparently, it's like the all-in bagel that has everything. Is apparently the one to get. But There's apparently a really famous place in London that does them with salt beef and that. Apparently... Bagel, yeah. It's um, on. I've been there. It's great. I've been there. You need to take me there next time I'm coming oh, to London. Right, cool. It's on um, Thingbobby Lane, isn't it? That one, yeah, yeah. Oh. That Thingbobby Lane, yeah, that one. <laughs> what's the What's the uh, the road with all the Indian takeaways on? Or the Indian? Golden. Ma- That's Leicester. No. I don't know. You know, mate. You're a Londoner. You should know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I know exactly where it is, and it's spelled B E I G A L. Biagle. That's apparently how he's right, we getting some content because probably. I've got a feeling we've probably lost to everyone by now. <laughs> we've just been chatting about shit. This is probably what they prefer. Um, probably is actually. <laughs> so we're meant to talk about uh, what I was doing. Well, actually, I said that we would because uh, Dan liked my review on uh, Instagram so much. That was so funny. I was just, <laughs> I, I was just laughing as I sent that to you. I was like, ridiculous. And then, it was just yeah, like, I got replied on this course. Very good. Like, okay, well, what was the course about? What did you learn? What was the biggest point? What was the worst thing? I, the, like, I got a reply from you, and then Josh, like, like two minutes after, was like, "Was it actually, or are you just trolling?" <laughs> just, I was like, "Hmm, is my sarcasm that thick that it comes across as Instagram like that?" I was like, "You can't even tell. I don't know." Um, yeah, it was good. So yeah, what we got? Dan, you're going to moan about Instagram yet again. Um, and then apparently you trained today, so you want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, you got Exos. 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 Um, one of the questions on the course was the guy was like, why is it called Exos? Um, and no, no one knew. No, we didn't know. Well, because it was changed from Athletes Performance, wasn't it? Formerly Athletes Performance. They changed it to the X's and O's. That's what it means. Um, the X's and O's. That's an American thing for tactics for winning. All the X's and O's, apparently. X and O's, but it's Exos. Call uh, it Exos. X, O's. Yeah, I get that, Tom. I'm not an idiot, mate. Oh, I don't know. Like, you're, the, you're the one who wants to spell out. Jesus Christ. But pronounce it that way, then, if that's what, you, if that's what X, they're doing it for. X's and O's. I don't know. That, that might be like... I don't know, you can call it Exos. I think it's, it's meant to be Exos. It's meant to be Exos. meant to be Exos. Yeah, but we just say Exos because. Okay, so, so it's you that's fucking it up. Brilliant. Well, okay, that's, as long as yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm clearly the leading light, and everybody's gonna copy what I say. Well, I am. Well, yeah. good. I want you to. Sums, but... up, sums up my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did the phase one mentorship with a few people. Um, it was good. That's the review. Brilliant. That's <laughs> what you put. <laughs> no, it was yeah. good fun. Obviously, it's 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 a lot of stuff that I quite enjoy. So, yeah, do you know how I knew Tom was going to absolutely love it? Was because I saw a video of him hopping over a hurdle doing plyometrics. <laughs> There's every way. The guy's walked in there, I reckon, and just seen you there and go, I know that guy. And, uh, <laughs> and he's changed this whole course just to please you. And he's gone, oh, I won't get a bad review from this guy. Yeah. If we jump over these fucking hurdles, it's going to wake up. It's like, I know what he does. It's like, yeah, he might push, push this like, mentorship scheme to a bunch of other trainers. Nah, yeah. never. Never. Of course not. Um... <laughs> 
but yeah, who did we? Who was there? I probably should give them a slight little shout out of some sort. Um, well, you said their name wrong, so I mean they probably don't want you to. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth Walton was the the chap who was from Exo te- teaching. He's the performance specialist international. Um, at Exo. At Exos. 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 No, you say exos, but there's no X in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we're moving past this, mate. Um, so, basically, the mentorship, I think, if I'm honest, would be good for any trainer. Um, especially if you want to start doing if I'm sport-based clients, I guess, who, have, like, who want to play football, rugby, whatever, or do running. Anybody who does running or long-distance running, um, or as a hobby horse runner, I don't know, fun runner, all that crap. Um, so hobby horses don't move, though, do they? Oh, I don't know, mate. Um, kick them, kick them hard enough, push them hard enough, they'll, they'll move. Um, but yeah, that kind of stuff. And then even like fundamental lifting, mainly because they agree with the premise of, well, they, they have a slightly different spectrum of how they di- well, diagnose, separate their exercises, but it's very, very much. Talk based. They, they also say, uh, not talk based. Um, <laughs> It was interesting. There was one slide um, that I, I sent to Josh, which uh, which obviously I was making fun of as well. It was it said uh, functional hypertrophy and uh, non-functional hypertrophy, and it was just myofibrillar hypertrophy over sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. I was like, what? <laughs> it, doesn't, it was just like that doesn't make any sense um, because doesn't what? Again, we always come back to what is the function. It's like if I want to become swole, then you want sarcoplasmic, right? So mm. hypertrophy is just getting big, right? Getting jacked. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Then. And you can't really get one without the other. No. At some point. There's the, you have to fill the tank full of stuff, right? Get a bigger tank, then fill it full of stuff. And get a bigger tank, then fill it full of stuff. It's generally what happens. That is. Um, there were some interesting analogies, actually, uh, during the course, which I think uh, when I look through the slides, because um, I'm not a big one for taking notes. Can't. You're too smart, mate. Isn't it? Too smart for that. Um, and, you, and you can't write. <laughs> I just be like, mm. I'm just I'm yeah. holding my pen, just like in my yeah. fists. You're probably chewing your pen. To be fair, <laughs> that's usually what you do. Throwing it at other people. Um, but yeah, I, I make minimal notes because I like to look and listen and try and remember stuff that resonates in my brain. Um, but there's some interesting analogies that people were using with cars and weird stuff. I didn't really understand some of it, but they. They separate what was good. They do kind of practical lecture, practical lecture, practical lecture. So you do kind of do the practical, and then you get a summary of what was actually happening in a lecture. I think that the big takeaway is that they do acceleration drills, um, high speed, actual speed. Um, it's like top end speed stuff. They do multi-directional, like cuts, and all this stuff is really good and really beneficial. And if you think this is all high performance stuff, you're wrong, um, because tendon issues are probably shown to decrease like injuries of up to 80% in old age so this is where people need to go towards all the jumpy 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 stuff that maybe people see happening on my Instagram has a fundamental level that probably your client needs to do a low level plyometric training to avoid risk of injury um, just saying it might might help you know never know where are tendons attached to muscles and bones cool probably need to do something with them then um, see if they can load up properly instead of snap um, yeah interesting Dan too much talk eh? too much talk can't Wee. take can't, can't yeah, take. very good mate very good <laughs> I like it too um, much talk yeah exactly oh, but 
then they started looking at they look at upper body push upper body pull lower body push lower body pull heard that somewhere before I've definitely heard that somewhere before that's what we kind of spat out um, in terms of they also say um, there was an interesting quote actually yeah I don't know who it was from um, it was if you train if you train movements your body doesn't forget muscles but if you train muscles your body forgets movements bullshit um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what that meant oh well, yeah complete bullshit <laughs> it's like it's a quote from somebody but I, I think what that means is <laughs> so don't be a bodybuilder if you're trying to be an athlete probably, yeah is what basically is like you shouldn't always isolate um there's yeah. certain people that sit on the like each end of the spectrum say mike boyle one of like founders of snc he doesn't isolate doesn't do it he only trains movements he will load movements and that that's it doesn't lose use a leg extension doesn't use a leg press um that's his that's his philosophy fine cool um, and there's obviously other ends of the spectrum where they only use that and they're like well I've got far less injury risk if I'm fixed to this machine mm. cool yeah yeah, 100% agree there's there's no what they started to pick up on is something called kinetic leakage you know what that is Dan? not a clue mate so <laughs> within each movement kinetically there will be energy that's moving wasted across energy. you right? so wasted energy could transfer why do they go. say kinetic leakage then because we know what that means basically what they're made basically what they're saying is inefficient movement yeah. is what they're saying so, so just say that then kinetic why? leakage though isn't it mate that sounds mate, great it's like the fucking they're like the, that they're like the fucking bodybuilders great. of their world aren't they like you have to make something <laughs> ridiculous 100 it has to be like some crazy word but yeah kinetic leakage is if i'm moving and then suddenly something goes off and then you're leaking kinetic energy somewhere else and it, it probably wasn't directed into the muscle, into the movement that you were trying to create. Just plug it, mate. Just plug it. Just plug yeah. it. Just put a plug in it. It's fine. It won't leak anymore. That's worth it. <laughs> Easy. It, yeah. Just wrap, wrap some like, saran wrap around it, mate. That'll be fine. Just get that in. Um, yeah, but I thought it was interesting. All that kind of stuff. Um, and then they talk about nutrition briefly. I think they do more in their phase two and phase three, I hope. And they talk about regen. But biggest takeaways, um, which is, I think really really people need to take home in fact in the fact of recovery cycles um is something they talk about a lot so within the exos facilities that you can go and stay out and do your courses out and they're like phenomenal places um in terms i've never been to one but i will quite happily go to one seen pictures go look them up there's got a couple in germany they've got loads in the states their home one is in phoenix um immaculate facilities of how they're set out as well so they're completely separate from their work and rest departments so mm. this is where you work this is where you do your training this is all you do and you're resting this is where you chill out this is where you go for food this is where you social and even if it's like say you're living on site so some they they do a lot of the draft athletes and all those kind of guys um but really cool but they they spout home about regeneration and intensity of workouts quite a lot so in over the seven days in terms of somebody working to again above 90 to 95 percent capacity they will only ever do that for two days and then it's kind of like a wave how they would work so they'd like if so if monday was they would work at about 70 to 80 percent tuesday they'd work at 90 percent then they're going to come down that wave so it might be either an off day or like a low capacity day and then they come back up again and they work up to the 90%, then they come down and then they rest. Which is a wave, bump, bump. 
hundred percent. It's how certainly how I would do my training or how I would train an athlete. I think it's just how people should train in general. There's at least one off day in there. You can have two if you really want to. And then you're training it basically you pick two high intensity days and then one to two like moderate to low intensity days. And you you still worry about the numbers that you're hitting on those, say, or whatever you're doing, whether it be times, sets or blah blah blah. But you, you focus on two days where you're gonna try and hit your lifts or hit your times and hit your training capacity. I think it's cool. And it's just a really big takeaway because that kind of resonated and it's like the fitness industry doesn't do that. They pick a fucking exercise and try and max out on it. Maybe your primary every single time, and you're mm. gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna kill that bit. I'm gonna kill that one. I'm gonna, and you probably like four days a week, you're trying to max out on one of your lifts. And really, it's not gonna happen because of ATP restoration. You're trying to regen back from like, I don't know, what does it take like 48 hours for you to actually properly get back to being able to peak, well, not peak performance, but perform properly. So that resonated with me. <clears throat> and I'm going to map out people's training a little bit better because I think I've gotten yeah, away from I, it as well. So I think there is an element of that, but at the same time, I think there's also a lot of natural bodybuilders who would suggest that's not the case because they are getting stronger each session over a period of four or five weeks, maxing out four sessions a week, probably pushing the, to the limits, setting PBs. Um, Yes, everything else in their life is bang on point in terms of recovery point of view, but then so are these athletes going to be. With and hope. I think that obviously the deload, they're, they're effectively maybe what athletes' performance are doing with the way they're doing it is instead of having a bigger deload for a week, they're potentially micro-deloading them so, by doing it that way rather so than having accumulation of fatigue. So they did accumulation of fatigue as well. So they work in three-week, eight-week blocks. So that every eighth week is off. No, seventh week? One, two, three, one, two, three. It might be seventh week. Off, one, two, three. Up, one, two, three. Yeah. So they, they completely tell them to fuck off. They don't train, they don't do anything. So they go, one, two, three is like, so they start on a, a certain amount of volume, then they'll go up the next week, up again, and then on the week four, they return to what they did in week one, and then they go up and up, and then they chill out. And then mm -hmm. they'll, so, and then they go again. They will start from where they maybe were on week five. Are they doing other? Are they doing other training within this, like for their so, sports? And yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. So that's so that's then uh, I suppose the limit. But that works off the that. theory of Bacalli's theory um, of deloads as well. So they they they're conducers of him. That's the guy that came up with the one RM scales. Um, he does the theory of for every week that you train, you should have twenty four hours of deload if you're training to a certain type of intensity. So which fits into the model of if you train for seven weeks, the eighth week you should have off. Yeah, yeah. Think. No, uh, like, it's I'm a general not, I'm, just, rule. I'm just trying to get why, like I said, why they are using the whole, like, you know, I suppose only two days when you would push really, really hard or whatever. But it makes sense if they're playing a sport alongside it because in their sport, that's when they are going to be in other elements of fitness they're going to need to perform at their max so it's almost as if well they are performing at their max in other areas but bearing in so mind athletes good. performance when well excess so for probably these cycles they're probably um prep cycles not prep for bodybuilding but prep for a nfl draft or something like that or the com the combine they are the, the training providers of the combine essentially as well so they, they prep them for that kind of stuff it's new normally off season yeah it might not be totally in season stuff 
with a lot. So of again, you're gonna need, so they're gonna need some sort of recovery from their season as well. Like yeah, they're 100%. gonna be some sort of doubt. So yeah, it makes sense. I just yeah, I just sort of answer my own question really. When you just <laughs> went it, but um, Paula, damn. But no, I just think I, th- I I I just sometimes think as coaches as well, like just from. I suppose from people that I follow, maybe on Instagram and stuff like that, and, and certainly, like I say, natural bodybuilders that seem to push themselves to the limits. There's such a thing. Um, <laughs> um, is is that whole? I just suppose it's that question of I, I think some some sometimes as coaches, it's easier to err on the side of not doing, not killing yourself, not doing too much. Um, and I think a lot of coaches err on that side than they do about actually being able to see what the body's capable of. It's that whole analogy, isn't it, of the whole like. When someone, you know, you people say, oh yeah, only squat like you know a couple of times a week to get good legs or whatever. But if someone had a gun to your head, what would you be? You wouldn't be fucking resting. You'd be actually squatting probably. You know that kind of thing. And it's sometimes I think you know it's it's these guys obviously are multi-million pound athletes. They've got you know all that sort of shit. I think there's an element of they, making uh, sure they go that they don't want to actually push them to the point where they could get injured. So literally, yeah, that that was that he went in like a, they must have they talked about it for the first day or so, and they were like. If we're truly honest, the guys that we were preparing for combine that we get, like, we've done fuck all. Like, they've been trained and treated as royalty and trained immaculately since they were 12 years old. And they have, all the, the coaches at high school have done the hard graft. And these guys are genetic freaks. They're already going to be earning a million, whatever, they come out, right? And they get them for six months to prep them. They're like, literally, their MO is, see that lad? He's worked about 20 million. Don't break him. He'll do yeah. fine. He's a genetic freak. He's going to do well. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter what you throw at him. Right. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we are only going to go to Max twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so, but I think there's also that element of that's where their, their rationale comes from. But also, not only that, but their rationale for speaking to these athletes. Because again, these athletes are going to want to do more, right? They're going to yeah. want to... So they can sit them down and go, well, look, this is why we do this. And they kind of go into a bit of the science and a bit of the... And they kind of go, yeah, but look, this is why. And then the athletes go, oh, okay, that's cool. Okay, so I will rest then because it's part of the plan yeah, and these guys know what thing. they're doing. They've prepped people for... They've prepped all the NFL people before and they, they've done amazing. And like you said, actually, all the work's been done. They're just taking care of them and wrapping them in cotton yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Absolutely. It's, it's um, interesting. In terms of genetic freak stuff, I remember... Uh, was it the S&C conference in, uh, student conference in London, it must be about five, six years ago. Um, and we had the S&C coach for Usain Bolt was one of the keynotes. Mm. And he, he, he was like, and he was for the S&C coach for Jamaica. And he just put a training program up on the screen. And, and they were like, whose is this training program? It's Usain Bolt's. Fucking awful. Like, it was just three sets of 12s, four sets of 10s, tricep extensions, all this other crap. It wasn't doing anything, nothing spectacular at all. And they were like, like, the guy's a super responder. Like, no matter what we do, he's going to be absolutely incredible. We're just going to fill some gaps in. It's like, if he's doing tricep extensions, he's certainly not injuring his back. So, win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, what? They're like, yeah, we're just getting him away from being injured. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, we've seen his like, his Achilles yeah. tendons. He's going to spring all the way down there. It doesn't matter what you do to him. Oh, uh, mm. crazy. Like, seeing somebody like that, was, <laughs> he was like, no idea how many SNC coaches of Jamaica like athletics, but sure. <laughs> it's like, my guy's doing face pulls, tricep extensions to finish. Like, what's he do? Yeah, he's a 100 meter sprinter. What? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very strange. But yeah, go look them up. They've got loads of courses. They do their, their online one as well, which is like 24 hours of videos. 
it's quite expensive that's the only annoying thing um, which does come part and parcel with it I think they're looking at doing a lot of more stuff in the UK so watch out Ooh. watch out there's been developed one I think would probably be a good, good one to go to so I've done a few courses by certain people involved with them so yeah like them Dan you do I, I do you. I do like them they they they, but not a purist again. There's certain stuff I didn't, well, I didn't agree with. Yeah, I didn't agree with, and it was just a bit off. I was like, I have other ideas about that. Cool, mm. fine, move on. I'm not going to take your ideas about that. I think there's, I think there's a better or easier way of doing it. Probably, uh, not, not, not about creating hard work for myself, mate. So, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Um, interesting. Yeah. So, Instagram then. Oh yeah, I just um, somebody's winding you up. Yeah, obviously Instagram's we have, we have winding few, you up or what? I, I don't know. We have a few um, trainers that listen to this, I suppose. Just a bit of business advice, I guess. Um, what is that? He man. Uh, he man. Thor. He's doing blonde hair. Though, <laughs> Tom just held up a figurine. Sorry. Thor action figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's obviously a few trainers that listen, and, and like I said, I think just some some business advice from someone who doesn't have a clue about what he's doing, but you might as well listen. Um, yeah, so I, I've noticed there's two, actually it's happened twice. I said to Tom before I came on, there's only one person, but there's two people I've seen. One person who I follow on Instagram, uh, she was on her stories the other day and she was like, oh, Instagram have blocked me for, from posting for a week because of um, suspicious activity on my account or whatever. All basically, those nudes. Yeah, basically, it's, it's one of those where they reckon that, you know, it's one of those where they, if they suspect you, you know, you are buying followers, buying likes, or doing follow-unfollow, or all this sort of shit you can do, basically, you're going to get banned for a week as a slap on the wrist or whatever. Um, and then there's another one I saw, and it was um, someone moaned about the algorithm, the Instagram algorithm, and how no one's seeing their posts, and it's affecting their business, um, you know, like... What's the, what's the point, you know, what's the point or whatever. And you just, people just need to remember that you're on someone else's platform. They're in, like, you've got 20,000 followers today. If they decided, if they went bust, you've got no followers. Like, you've got no one. And I think that trainers who rely on Instagram as their sole source of getting clients are royally fucked. Because at some point in time, Instagram will not be, well, it's going that way now. Um, like Facebook has, it's like, you know, no one really sees your posts. Like, you know, I've got hardly any followers. I've got like 6,000 followers. And most of my posts, will re- most of my posts will reach a third of them. 2,000 people will see my posts. And the way the algorithms work, it's basically any people that like your content regularly, they're probably more likely to see more of it. You know, it's that whole thing of like, if you go on YouTube and you start watching loads of um, poker videos, you start getting loads of recommended poker videos come up. It's just that whole thing of they're going to give you what they think you're liking at that point in time, and it's I why. Genuinely thought you were going to say accountancy videos. He did, <laughs> uh, but no. The reason I say poker is because obviously me and Mike have both shared the, our YouTube account so that we can both like go on and upload videos and stuff. And I'm usually the one that watches it most of the time. But it came up the other day, and I was on the on the like for you like discover page thing. And I had loads of like poker videos, and I was like, Mike's been watching poker videos. I was like, how weird is that? They're, like, I've never watched them, and only only twigs. But basically, the way that algorithms work is that's what they do. So, if people are interacting with your content, they're commenting, they're liking, they're going to get shown more of it. 
and the hope is that they like and comment more of it or whatever and what you know Instagram's the way algorithms work basically before it used to be if you followed someone and they posted you'd see their post that's the way it used to work but when it gets too busy and you follow too many people you can't that can't be done um but my advice really is just to not rely on using solely Instagram or Facebook or whatever the next new one's going to be. TikTok apparently, I think, is the next new one um, the kids are using these days. According to What's Gary that V. Do? What's that? I have no idea. It's like um, it's just like a, it's like almost like Vine. It's a okay. bit like Vine. So it's a new Vine, I think. Um, but basically, like if you're relying on Instagram, you are going to be fucked at some point because, again, if your content is just it's harder to grow. I'd say that it's not for females. If you get your tits and your ass out, it's not hard to grow at all. Um, I mean, it was, I've done that, and it's really hard to grow for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's it's that whole thing of trying to diversify what you do and the content you put out. And it's kind of like obviously we did this podcast a long time ago, and the the intention of it wasn't necessarily to be a content stream that would bring in clients or whatever it was always just a way for me and tom to carry on chatting really and look what it's turned into ridiculous um but dan's got one client and i'm going yeah but is to diversify your content that you put out so like i've obviously got the podcast i do this podcast with tom i've got the youtube videos i've got an email list i've got instagram we've got a facebook page all that stuff and the most important thing that you can do in your in your online business is create an email list. The reason for that is that the second Instagram fails you, you've got a list of a thousand people or whatever number you reach on your email list to then email to say, hey, I've just started up on TikTok. Do you want to come follow me? And you've got a following on TikTok because they've all got subscribed to your emails. And if you write good emails or you know they want to sign up to your emails, you actually don't just bombard them with sales shit all the time. Um, you're actually going to be far better off. And like you say, if, you, if, you're good, if you're good at writing emails, you'll get a pretty good open rate. Um, and again, it's one of those things where I've got, at the moment on my emails, I get about a 50% open rate. So I send an email out, 50% of people open it who receive it, um, which is pretty good in the industry. Most The industry average is about 15, 20%. Um, you know, if you think about all the shit that you get sent, like you could be getting sh- sent shit from me if you want it. Um, but basically, my no, thing No, is, I don't subscribe. So again, my whole thing of it is it's one of those where like if you, if I'm on Instagram and, I'm go- and I say, oh, hey, guys, check out this new blog, they've got to click on loads of different things to go to a blog and they're just not going to do it. Whereas if you send it to them on email, they're just going to read it there and then. It's in their email inbox, whatever. But the point of this is basically that you need to get people off the social media account that you're on and onto something that you own, like an email list, because you own those emails, and you can then use them. And all this information is available. Like, this is just re- information I'm regurgitating from people that I follow who I trust and know, and that it's helped me massively. But not only that, it's the same with like YouTube. Like If Instagram, because obviously Facebook own Instagram, so if Facebook and Instagram decide to just not show your stuff to anyone, other platforms like YouTube, for example, are very, very good. Like Again, there's permanently videos there. Like Your videos don't get lost in the shit of the feeds and stuff. You can go and search them. You can link to them. Same with podcasts. It's always there. And like, So people, uh, we've had people subscribe, and I've had a message from someone about this week, actually. And she was like, oh, I've just started listening to your podcast. I'm going back through them all. They're so good. I love it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we haven't had to, like, you can't do that on someone's like, Instagram or Facebook. You wouldn't go through and look at all their great content. And then accidentally like press like for something that was July 2017. Yeah. Like, oh no no no! <laughs> it's like Instagram is not the place people are going to like di- to to digest information. Like they listen to podcasts or they you know watch YouTube videos or they you know they they read emails. They they digest blogs. It's like 
don't be so naive and just put all your effort into one thing. Like, do something well, yeah, but don't make it your be-all and end-all. Like, there are people out there, like, we, I don't know if you heard the story of that Instagrammer who had 1.2 million followers or something ridiculous, and she couldn't sell her clothing. We talked about it before. I think we talked oh, about Oh, yeah, that. no, I, I um, saw that. You know, who... Oh, there was, so there she was had somebody like, that was uh, talking about it. She had like 1.2 million followers on Instagram, and she needed to sell 20... Mike Samuels was talking about it. Yeah, Mike Samuels was talking about it. Mm. She needed to sell 30 items of clothing to get the run through the clothing, yeah. and she sold like 26 or something, and she couldn't do it. And she went off on one. I was like, oh, you know, I was given support. I was told people would buy it, blah, blah, blah. But again, it's just another example of... She's not built a relationship with the people enough for them to go, well, I'll buy that from her. They probably just like her pictures because she posts half-naked pictures or yeah. she just has a, a lifestyle where she posts cars or posts houses and stuff. And it's like... Saying that, probably in terms of biceps of banner and PPL, we probably sold the equivalent yeah. you know, more items of clothing than that. And exactly. we don't have anywhere near the listenership following or whatever. And we've sold yeah. more clothing. Exactly that, and it's that whole thing of like again, just my advice is don't rely on Instagram to get you business. Like it's not going to. Like it's a tool to be used, but just just diversify and like follow some cool people like Mike Samuels, great guy to follow for for his content. Yeah. Um, Suk talks about this sort of stuff regularly as well. It's like this is all stuff you can go and find out, that, and you'll see other people saying the same thing. Like I'm not telling you anything that you're not already out there. Um, but it's just something that I find funny when I see my account on Instagram with six thousand followers, and I post at the moment, maybe two or three times a week if people are lucky. Um, but when you consider what, you know, other revenue streams, other content things, sorry, other content things we put out and how else we can get clients, it's like, well, we're not relying on Instagram like these other people are. And it's like, well, yeah, if I lost Instagram for a week, nothing would really happen to me. Nothing majorly. At all. It's not really a problem. Same, like, even more so for you, like, fucking wouldn't even, you know, even need one, like, really. Um, and it's one of those things, as I think as an online coach, people are so obsessed with Instagram or whatever and you're forgetting that there's all these different um, platforms to use but not only that the last point I'll make is with Facebook and Instagram the reason organic reach or you know the, pe the amount of people who see your post is down is because they want you to pay them to show it to people That's sure. the, it's, yeah exactly they're a business they own the platform <laughs> they're in the you're business using. of making money down yeah why don't you try <laughs> lining their pockets with some money occasionally and you might find you get your reach up like again it's a pay it's a pay to play platform they're going to give you a bit of reach they're going to say yeah we'll show your stuff to a few people if they like it we'll show it to a few more but re the reality of it is if you want to reach people on facebook on instagram you are going to have to upskill yourself and look at the strategies that you need to implement to pay to reach people that's the way it is. Like, don't just go randomly throwing money, like just randomly boosting, because that's the only option on post. Randomly just boosting other posts. Like, don't do that. Understand what you're trying to achieve. This have, post like, is campaign. Like getting more than ninety-seven percent of the last one. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. It always does. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me that I should boost this post because you're gonna get paid loads of money if I do, and even if it's it, even if it sucks. And again, yeah, like that's the thing. Every thing. single post always has a little bit more engagement than the last. Um, yeah. <laughs> according it's, to that's you. The Remember, is like again, Facebook don't care what money you put on, who you show it to. They're getting money. Like they don't care if you succeed or fail. Um, and it's understanding like the metrics for it and stuff. And I don't want to bore people who aren't into this. Because I know we have other listeners as well, but it's just something to think about. Like, understand that they're a business, and again, it's one of those things where if you pay some money, you're probably going to do a lot, lot better. And it, it's not as expensive as you might think it is. But please follow those people and learn a bit from them about how to maybe do it. And like, I know Sook just posted a good video on YouTube about it. 
um so go check that out and and yeah it'll be worth your time if you're a trainer if you're not a trainer i'm sorry we just wasted five ten minutes of your life talking about <laughs> um but again but like we talked about it before on other podcasts i think it's also important that if you really do like someone's stuff if they post something um and and you know it does resonate with you don't just like just scroll on past it do like do leave a nice comment because it does make that person's life a little bit whoa, easier whoa, 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 whoa. a nice yeah. comment or any comment like uh, yeah you always post some shit on mine that's great and yeah, again yeah. It doesn't matter like it can be <laughs> it can be just a jokey comment it can be anything but i think it's if you do appreciate that person, you like what they do, even if the post isn't really relevant for you or it just, it's just a way of supporting someone's social media account. If that's, you know, what you're into and stuff, it's not, I don't think you need to beg for it, but I think it's one of those, if you genuinely do like them, then just give it a like. like I like all Tom's posts he puts up, but no, no, I don't, I don't actually, I don't actually read the captions. Or know what <laughs> like, no, you just um, sieve through them for spelling mistakes and then we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just think it's, it's important, but you know, it's, 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 it is a, a weird world out there with all the Instagram and all that sort of stuff, but don't don't get bogged down by it. Like I say, if you're putting out good stuff and you know you're people are liking it, then you're going to be okay. But just like I said, don't just rely on it. True that. You know what I mean. <laughs> How are you feeling after your poor squats today, mate? All right, to be fair, I'll be sore tomorrow. I think. Yeah, sore. Uh, sore. More sore. More sore. More yeah, sore. You'll be, be sore. But I've got basketball tomorrow, practice, uh, practice tomorrow, and then Wednesday's our first preseason game, my first game of basketball for a long, long time. Wow. I'm very nervous. Mate, you should have been on the course doing multi-directional multi like, multi like, speed. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to, I mean, you should write me a program, actually. I should probably do probably. some jump bounding over hurdles. But I've actually got to wear a vest to play. That's the worst thing about Ooh. it. Like, in training, I always there wear there a t-shirt. some pasty folk on your basketball uh, board. Uh, <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll send you a program and some fake tan. That's absolutely fine. Fake tan is probably more welcome. <laughs> Fair enough. Any other business, my friend? No, none from none from me. Um, but like I said, if, uh, just on that, if anyone's got any questions or they wanna they wanna sh point in the right direction of some stuff, just drop me a message. I, I just got a question through about uh, some. I did mention that I had saurine earlier, and it was question is was it original or butmana saurine? Uh, Emily, it was original soaring. Banana's good, but it's not, it's the, not the, good. the best oh, one. Like, okay, fun fact, I don't like bananas. What? I know. Not, into, not, not the traditional way of using them anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> like them a little bit moister than that. Um, but yeah, don't like bananas. I'm not a huge fan of bananas. The banana loaf's nice, but I'm not a huge fan of uh, eating bananas on their own. No. Banana it's, cake I'll eat. No, I don't, it's just enough. I don't want anything to do with them. Absolutely not. Like, don't worry about it then. Cool. All right, note to right. self, don't buy Tom Bananas. <laughs> or do, if you want to piss me off. Right. Oh, okay, I'll buy you loads of bananas. <laughs> Alright, there's no other business. Oh, apart from... I mean, if you want to donate, you still can. I put the link in, in the last bio. I put it in this one as well. I've already reached my target, so if you really want to donate to bowel cancer, do it. Um, not to bowel cancer, the fight against, obviously. Yeah, as I was about to say, not for, <laughs> against not for, it. Sure. Yeah, against it. Uh, yeah, I've got my walk. My uh, 24 hours of hell. Can you, like, run or something? Walking seems so well, easy. Well, I've got, like, 20 people that I've got to go with, right? And we know Doug. This is why I don't think you're going to do it, you Doug's, see? Doug's not getting up there. Like, Doug will go in his Vibrams, mate. <laughs> if he wears Vibrams, he's getting grief all the way through. There'll be somebody, like... Um, i got grief for my, the fact that I have DC hiking boots. Like, funny story, of course actually. you have DC hiking boots. Funny, actually, funny story, actually, the other day, right? So I was in Sports Direct looking at some uh, looking at some trainers right and i could hear behind me um a, a guy with his son 
and his son was like, "Yeah, I want this. This is the ball I want." So his dad was like, "Okay, brilliant, cool." We've all been there. And he got it out the uh, he got out the bin, and in the bins there was two bins there. One that was two for twenty pounds, and then one. The balls were sixteen pounds. So the guy, the kids, obviously the ball was out of the sixteen pound bucket, obviously because he's a lad. Um, <laughs> and he gave, and his dad was like, um, "Okay, wh- wh- why is this one sixteen pound, and why are these two for no two for 20? He was like, "Well, well, it just is like that's just a better ball." And he's like, "No, it looks the same as that one, though. It looks the same on that as that one." And the poor guy there he works there, you know, like twenty something kid, just like didn't just like <laughs> just trying to help me. Anyway, <laughs> the, the dad's there and he's there going, "Ah." Oh, like no, they're two for twenty pounds. These are the, this is the same basically. He's like, surely you can do me a deal. Surely you can do it two for 20, 20 pounds. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, well, you're making more money off me for this one. And it's the same as those ones. He's like, I don't set the price in. I just it's, that's what it costs. Like it's not the same quality ball. Well, I think it's unacceptable. I want to speak to your manager. Like I I don't see why. Like it's it's I want two. I can I get two of these for the same you know the same same ball. I can get and he just couldn't get that there was a price instruction there in two different bins. <laughs> Um, looked down at his feet. He was wearing minimus trainers. I was like, "Yes, you're a dick, mate." I was like, "I know that straight away." <laughs> I was like, "You're wearing barefoot fucking trainers." I was like, "You're a prick." I was like, yeah, "I knew that straight yeah, yeah. away." Didn't even need. Didn't even need to know anything else about him. I was like, based on that argument alone, I then looked down, saw his footwear, and I was like, "Yeah, you're a lost cause." Right. <laughs> Only someone wearing barefoot trainers would have that sort of argument about it. Idiot. And in like public. Right. Just like yeah, no, but just like being really like, because I, I couldn't concentrate on the train, looking at trainers. I was just too busy listening. <laughs> just like, and I kept looking at him, and I was like, "What are you trying to achieve here?" Like, it's like going up to him and going, "Well, these trainers are seventy pounds. These ones are forty. I want those ones for for forty. Well, no, they're seventy pounds, mate. <laughs> like, they're not the same trainer. And the balls were like probably like a similar design, but maybe a different color or yeah. it, whatever. Uh, and I was just like, he wouldn't stop. And this poor kid was there like. What do we do about it? Like, it's from that bucket, mate. Like, if you go and scan it with that barcode on, it's going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, it's going to tell you. And he's like, "Well, can you not do something about this?" <laughs> and I was just, and this, and this poor kid who wanted this ball. Obviously, his dad was there doing all this, and he was just sat there like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yeah, mate, he's wearing those shit trainers. I know, ridiculous, <laughs> fucking bare." And I was like, "I knew he, he was obvious. He was going to be wearing barefoot trainers or Vic, or Vibrams, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking idiot." <laughs> yeah, that was just all my right. little. That I saw. Next week on uh, Overheard at Sports Direct. Daniel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Overheard at Starbucks. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. I was just like, I was like, calm down, mate. It's a fucking football. Jesus. I'll pay her out, Tom. I need to go now. I need to go. Yeah. Uh, clearly. All right. Um, we will catch you. <laughs> I'm walking up some mountains, Dan's shouting at people in Sports Direct. All right. We will catch you next week. <laughs>